the hard luck show i don't even know how to say that man because you guys are such beautiful men it's like it's almost like the hard luck show is the good luck show really you know because you there's so much knowledge to be gained with you guys right the diversity where you've come through what you've been through it's like the fucking good luck show that's my endorsement for the hard luck show Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the city of Santa Monica, the Pico Youth Center. Sitting next to me, my co-host and partner. It's Chumahan. Bowen American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to wake your motherfucking ass up once again. Come on. Yeah. It's 5 a.m. Put the pedal to the metal, baby. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Boy, you picked the right song today. Yeah, come on. Big, big mic. Scat this. Scat this. Yeah. Come on. Women to the left of me. What? And women to the right. Come on. For real. Ain't got no guns. Ain't got no knives. Don't, Don't you start no fight. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why is that, Big Pig Mike? Why, why, why the fuck I'm TNT? I'm dynamite. What you got, Sean? TNT. <laughs> sounds good to me. And the right. reason it sounds good is because we got the audio genius. Old blue eyes. Sean Lewis. Certified audio professional. Engineer. Tell Come on. Hard luck show, baby. Yeah. Come on. Tell him that. That's right. Showing up his moment. Showing up his moment. That's it right there. Blue. Blue. Louisiana Red, boy. Blue. And. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got. Scatman Brothers, Mr. Big Big Mike. What up, Big Big Mike? Get hard, the podcast. Get hard, the people. Don't jump in your earphones. Don't jump in your earphones. Gonna do it all the time. Scatman and Chumahan got all the blue eyes. Scatman, hard luck. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Check it out, y'all. Big Big Mike. Master of the Bulldogs. And gentlemen. Man, we got a guest on today. We've been trying to get this cat up on our show for a minute. Talented. Woo, this dude is a talent to be reckoned with. Coming up out of Seattle, Washington. What? My boy Ethan. From not only the comic strip, the brand, clothing brand, all of it, Betty Snap! What's up, Ethan? What's up, Luck? What's Thanks up, for having G? me on, you guys. Yeah, man. You. This yeah. is Ethan. Um, you got another Washington native over here. Yes, Schumacher. sir. And literally oh, Washington native. Washington. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from the Squim area up on the Olympic okay. Peninsula. Hey. 
Also yes. grew up on the Puyallup Indian Reservation, not far from Seattle. I know yeah. very well the aroma of Tacoma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stay classy. Absolutely. And uh, That's we a got, real thing for sure. It yeah. is. We got Sean Lewis, who is our audio genius. And he's on sound. Yeah. And we've got Big Pick Mike Angelo, who handles uh, our a visuals. And a lot of women. And a lot of women. What he's a crazy killer. Yeah, Man, he's been. It's, it's good to have you on, brother. Dude, good it's good to be on. I appreciate it. I uh, really what, appreciate it. Where are you at there, uh, Ethan? I, I'm looking at you. You have a plush couch. There is a, a, a <laughs> yeah. framed. Don't tell room. me that's the basement. That's a framed. Dude, armor. that is. It is. It's my studio in the basement of my house. Like I just got a bunch of. Try to keep as much like art around as I can to inspire me. Comfy ass couch to draw on and like chill on. And um, some good herb and some good herb to smoke on, right? And definitely plenty of good herb to smoke on. Like, yep, for sure, for sure. This yeah. place is. It's kind of like what I dreamed my room could be when I was a kid. You know, like just yeah. surround myself with. The best weed, the best couch, the best, uh, you know, like art and stuff. And yeah, dude, it's kind of like uh, everything I ever hoped it would be. Yeah. Excellent. Man. And off camera, there isn't anyone tied up with an orange ball in their mouth or anything like that in your basement? No, it's green. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So hey, how long have you been an artist then? Sounds like you've been drawing since the beginning. Uh, yeah, dude, it's it's kind of a crazy story. So like I've been I've been drawing my whole life. I've still struggled to call myself an artist, but I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, like so, dude, I've loved drawing cartoons and, and just kind of whatever. Uh, always. It's been an escape for me since I was a little dude, um, you know, kind of drawn every day my whole life. But um, I ended up being like I, I started working and as a business dude and and just kind of my career kept on moving forward and pushing me farther and farther away from creative and so I've really only done it as a profession for the last three years and it's been it's been amazing you know like it was scary to say okay I got this far in, in like you know business on the business side but it's time to really tap into that creative thing that's always been there and always always been where i wanted to be you know but i think we all we all get to that place like suddenly you're a fucking grown-up and you're like shit i don't even know how i got to this spot but it's comfortable like it, it, it seems crazy to you know change or pivot and Luckily, I'm crazy and I have a radly supportive wife, so I pivoted and um, yeah. What, now what, I just what were drop. you? What were you escaping? You said when you were young. What kind of things were you escaping through art? Oh, um, I mean, like, dude, just loneliness a lot of the time. Um, I mean, really anything, you know. Parents having a hard time or like uh, that sort of stuff. I, I mean, I grew up like. Dude, I grew up in North Idaho, so it's not like shit wow. was super hard. Um, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, it's it's North it's North Idaho. I mean, that's... yeah, but like, and that was weird. Like, I guess I was kind of escaping like Idaho, like politically and everything isn't really my vibe, and so um, that was definitely a, an interesting thing to get away from too. You know, I was really scheming on just how to get get to Washington and. Um, you, you know, know get, get more different. You know that you're kind of like in a kind of a desolate place when you're scheming to get to Washington State. Yes. You're not even thinking about California. Yeah, you're right, like, right, right. how do I break out of this small <laughs> one-horse town and get to Washington? Right. <laughs> For sure. You know what's funny is like, 
I just don't like being warm. I, it's not a popular opinion, but I mean, I like being cozy, but I, dude, I love that rain. Right. And just like the gray, like, man, yeah. I love our beaches out here, how they don't have sand on them. It's just rocks right. and it's like kind of cold. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the way the landscape is just kind of fits me. Right. It's just like, it's really not me. I'm not picturesque, but like the landscape is, and I like to just like enjoy the beauty of it. But, but at you the don't... same time, I like to do that from a place where there's like a fire and a blunt and a comfortable chair. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of speaking our our sound guy, uh, oh, blue eyes language. He's kind of like, what do you got to say? Yeah, uh, I just I I connect with that whole Seattle Seattle vibe, that rainy vibe, that overcast vibe, the um, yeah. rocks on the shore, you know, right by the right by the edge of the the sea. You know, sounds just, a little dark. It yeah. sounds a little sort of overcast. I love that. Why? <laughs> what is I don't that? It's like put on a jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. Kinda, I don't know. Yes. Something about that. I so, mean, I kind of understand it if you don't have abs. You're kind of like, well, I'm just going to cover up. <laughs> not, I don't want to get naked <laughs> or anything. But Dude, I tell you, you know what? Well, go ahead. I think that is, that is the deal right there. I'm just a bit of a little chubbo. And so <laughs> I'm like, give me that cold dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's true. <laughs> That's so true because I was a fat kid growing up too, right? And I'd be like going over to people's houses and they'd be like, getting ready to jump in a pool and I'd be wearing like a polo shirt, long sleeve polo shirt in the pool and they're like, uh, why don't you take your shirt off? And I would be like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm cold-blooded. I like it hot. You know, all this bullshit, but really yeah. I was just covering up. Right, you're like, uh, let me go put my suit on. And you come back out wearing a full sweatsuit. Right, I was like, I was so fat. Actually, the truth is, is that I used to kind of pine away for the old school swimsuits from the 20s, where like a guy would wear like a long john. <laughs> I was like, man, why wasn't I born then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You just missed your calling right there. Old timey <sighs> swimsuit model. But you know, the thing is, is that. Um, it did get to me, though, because I grew up in the Northwest, and it did eventually get to me, and there was a time I, I finally was like, dude, I can't, I want to go outside, I want to plan, you know, a barbecue and have it not rained out, you know, yeah. I don't want any more black mold in the mall, in the wall, like, it's very damp up there, it's beautiful during the summer, those two months, nothing like it. Right. But it can get pretty hard in, in, uh, when in the winter and, and whatnot, so what kind of yeah. things were you drawing early on, like... Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been drawn to like just characters, like silly character design. You know, I mean, the reality is like my current subject matter, like hasn't evolved that much from when I was a kid. I mean, I was always like figuring out just at first. Well, so like I started out just taking the comics from the paper. Right. Yeah. Just, like, learning all of those different styles. So like Jim Davis and Garfield was a huge mm -hmm. influence. And right. so I would at first I was like, OK, how do I draw it just like he does? And so I wouldn't trace, but I would like just try to mimic that style. And then, right. and then what I would do before I moved on to another one is like, okay, now how do I draw my own sort of stuff, but in that style. And right. so I would draw like my own comics, but like with his style. And then I'd shift over and try to do somebody else, you know, like whether it was Calvin and Hobbes or like a comic or, or any of that. And so it was like, try to try to dial in what they draw and just like perfect that and then evolve that into my thing and so i really uh i mean it's funny because like now i have a clothing brand and i'm making a cartoon and it's the two things that i wanted to do growing up as a kid it just back like in the 90s and even the 2000s like if you wanted to make a cartoon 
you had to spend like years, decades, even drawing somebody else's stuff. Right. right. Like, mm-hmm. and it was frame by frame. So you're just drawing the same shit over and over tracing somebody else's thing. <laughs> right. And that just didn't fit my vibe at all. Right. And so I was like, well, shit, I, I'm not that dude then, you know, I'll just kind of draw for enjoyment. And then the reality is like technology has democratized that whole process. And yes. so now like, Dude, in my fucking basement, I can make, not I can, I make cartoons in my basement by myself. I mean, I've got a partner that like does like a lot of the music and I write with and stuff like that. But when it comes down to like character design, background design, all that stuff, that's that's straight up me. And so. Wait, 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 it's, it's, oh, wait, wait. Okay. So this is good. This yeah. is excellent because <clears throat> I don't think enough is talked about animation, how it's changed and and it's interesting. So you started off with comic uh, in the newspapers, right? Garfield, if people don't, I bet you there's a lot of listeners right now that are like, what do you mean comics, right? Like, what is yeah, that? Yeah. So <clears throat> in the newspapers, there would be like a comics page, right? With that stupid fucked up jumble and the other bullshit, right? You know, yep. Garfield would be one. Um, yep. Sally Forth, right? Do you remember <laughs> Sally Forth? Mm-hmm. Yo, yo. What about Zig? Yeah, oh, Kathy. That was like. Where she's like, ah! Yeah. She was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it was a whole. Con- think about this. Really think about this, Steve. There was a popular comic called Kathy where it was all devoted to a, a working <laughs> office woman. Like, that was a whole get down. And there was Mama's Family. Do you remember Mama's Family? Oh, uh, yeah, dude. And uh, what about Ziggy? Yeah. I yeah, Ziggy. dude. And there's like Andy Cap. Oh, Snoopy. I loved Andy Cap. I yeah, fucking yeah. loved it. It was a British drunk. And yeah, he would be totally, walking. Right. He was like a British drunk. And the whole joke was that <laughs> yeah. he was drunk all the time. Totally, dude. Had like a cigarette just kind of barely hanging off of his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you yep, could yep. never see his eyes. He had that cap that came over down to his like drunken red bulbous nose. Yep. yep fucking, and totally. kids were like looking at that. What was, was the other one? The little <laughs> love me or what was it called? Which one was that? It was like, uh, it was this two little couples and they like would always do like these little, oh, I forget the name of it. Forever? I don't know if oh, I remember. Man, I re- what about, what about, what about, uh, do, you, do you remember uh, Marmaduke? <laughs> yeah, the dog? Yeah, that big ass motherfucking dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there I was- mean, that's what's crazy. Like, so in the, in the newspaper every day you get that full, big ass, like you said, fold out comics and like, it's funny because like if you look at it with today, like through today's lens, like half that shit was like really kind of racist or totally. like yeah. kind of totally. whack in so many different ways. And then if it wasn't, a lot of it was like way too adult for just like mass consumption. And dude, I was every day just scouring that thing, like more or less looking for new things to draw. But yeah, I mean, dude, I'm like eight years old and like putting cigarettes hanging off the lip of my character right, and stuff. Right. Like, and, not too many years later that evolves to a joint. And then, okay. So then in the Northwest, by the way, and I think he's from there. I'm not sure. I can't remember. And I never know how to say his last name. How do you say the, the, the guy who created the Simpsons and whatever, Matt Groening or Matt Groening. Yeah. He's Portland dude. Portland dude. Right. So, so you yep. got to think about this. He started doing something with, I think it was bunnies. Yeah, dude. So he had, well, and like, yeah, so he had a comic strip that was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, 
it was kind of like itchy and scratchy, right. um, but it was bunnies, right? Right. And then um, he did a short on this show called The Tracy Ullman Show. Yes, that, like, he did. Came out. Yep. And then, and it's crazy. Like, I actually use that to, for inspiration a lot of the time to see what the very first Simpsons short looked like compared to fucking today's Simpsons. Like, they're unrecognizable character wise, you know? And totally. that's like a big thing that pushes me to try to like get because I'm like, I'm going to get this cartoon picked up. Right. And right. other people are going to be drawing my shit probably more, hopefully more talented than me, people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm like, I want to get this thing as far as I can in terms of like looking good before somebody else starts to evolve it. But. All right, all right. so let's put a pause in there because I don't know that everybody, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, really understands this. But, like, think about this. So this guy, Matt Groening, he makes these comments, and he's actually putting them in books, and, and they might have even been in some fucking newspapers and shit, right? This is before mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Then he's got yeah. The Simpsons, which is just a little short, and some fucking Tracy Ullman, which, unless you're really old, you don't really remember what Tracy the fuck. Ullman was, right? Right, but you gotta be old. You right, don't know. Right. That yeah. thing got picked up by Sam, one of the producers, Sam Simon, I think it was, mm-hmm. picks up Matt Groening's little Simpsons clips, turns it into a show, which becomes a fucking full-tittied mega hit for like two decades ongoing. Yeah. To the point that there were some parents that wouldn't allow their kids to watch The Simpsons because it was just too counterculture. It's like so so vanilla now almost looking back, right? I mean, when you look at it in the landscape of all the other adult animation, like it's the fucking chillest thing in history. Oh, dude, before I forget, so another Northwest uh, comic guy, so uh, Gary Larson, who created The Uh. Far Side. Yeah, he, he, he's from the he's from the sound, you know, like he's out out in your hood, right? And the Gary Larson for people who don't know, because like the Far Side now, I'll say it. This isn't you saying it. This is Chumahan the Indian saying it. So all negative shit go to me. But like it's <laughs> the Far Side ain't what it used to be. Like now you see the Far Side, some of the jokes you're like, Meh. but back in the day, it was fucking tits, bro. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like. It's like the original meme, right? I mean, right. you have He's you have right. that daily calendar, right? And so you just tear off a sheet, fresh meme, dude. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, my my, my one of my favorite ones, and it's an infamous Gary Larson, is you see these cows like in a field and they're drinking martinis and standing on two legs and there's a lookout cow and the lookout cow's like car and when the car comes they're all just acting like cows and as soon as it's gone they're back up drinking drink dude, That's dude funny. 30 years ago that was far out yeah, that right, was like, right, wow. right absolutely I just like I always loved like when I would tear off a fresh one I just like to think about what that dude was, was doing when he came up with half of those like do you know just chilling at his house you know what? I bet cows are fucking drinking martinis when right. we're not around. <laughs> right. That's what's up. Somebody needs to blow the lid off of this. Right, right, right. right. And to have the, yeah, you're right. That is like the original meme. Like that was, that's where all this, yeah. now the shit you see now is all emanating from that. Yeah. So, and, and, and then also in terms of regular animation, right? I don't yeah. know because before the simpsons came along animation was pretty much like a saturday morning cartoon thing or yeah. after school yeah. it was not like an entire show mm-hmm. right totally right and then the simpsons go ahead go ahead you're the oh. you're the maestro well, sorry <laughs> well i think like for the longest time cartoons were a vehicle to sell toys straight up you know i mean there's right. this show that's really interesting it's called the toys that made us um but so like 
Teenage Ninja Turtles. Like the reason that there's a cartoon is because they were trying to sell toys from the comic. You right. know, uh, He-Man, the uh. show was built to sell the toy, mm. all of those things. And so like they would do that, they would develop the toy first and then they would bring in these dudes and be like, okay, create this, you know, like 22 minute, like serial, whatever. Same thing with Transformers. Transformers, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Real American hero. Like focused into kids. I think like what was, what was revolutionary about what the Simpsons did was it was like, well, one, it, I mean, you kind of got the whole family together on it, right? Before it was like before school, after school, Saturday morning, right. mom and dad are doing their own shit. Kids are huddled up around the TV watching this. But then the Simpsons suddenly like tapped into this whole different thing. At 8 o'clock like, at night. Right. Relate. Right. Yep. At 8 p.m. Right. right. Exactly. Yep. And now most yep. people take for granted the sort of pink, frosted sprinkled donut thing but that yeah, was yeah. a simpson invention that has now just become like a cultural icon so totally. you go and and then because of the simpsons and correct me if i'm wrong but then you start to see these other cartoons or animated series that like uh rin and stimpy mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. rin and stimpy hell yeah right i mean that was like one of my favorites where older kids and it was targeted more to satire and lampooning and making fun of whatever it is so all this is going on and you love to draw but how did you get and be serious like because the people listening need to know how did you go into the business side and what does that actually mean and look like yeah well so um I spent 15 years like working in apparel and like, you know, fashion and stuff and kind of learning the back end side of that. And because I'd always wanted to do a brand um, that was I I ended up. Well, anyway, long story long, it started just I started a brand. But as I did that, I didn't know how to do any of the digital. uh, You know, I didn't know any Adobe programs, any of those sorts of things. And so um, it became really apparent really quickly that I needed to learn that shit if I wanted to do not have to pay a bunch of people to do the different stuff and to to actually get it made so I started um YouTube University dude and just like learning and teaching myself Illustrator and then as I would learn Illustrator and Photoshop I'm watching all these different tutorials and there was different um there was a new program that Adobe had come out with called Character Animator and so I just like scoped out one of those uh, one of those tutorials, and it, it basically like what Character Animator does is you take your drawing of a character and you build all these different layers, like each part, like the hand is its own layer, the arm is its own layer, all this, and um, you you tie those to an actual skeleton, and then it uses motion capture with your your uh, camera. And you can control the character with your head movement and hand movement and different things like that. You can also like drag stuff around. But um, so the way that that technology was, it suddenly it wasn't I have to draw to make a thing move. I have to draw it over and over and over again in these right. like finite movements. Now I can actually use the computer to manipulate that. And so that really started getting my mind kind of racing around all these different ideas. And so 
um, one of the accounts that I sell into is Zoomies and I was in a meeting with their marketing people and they were like, so kind of what plans do you have? And I was just like, dude, I think I'd only had the brand for about six months at that point. And I was just talking out of my ass, like trying to get a reaction out of them on something mm-hmm. that I thought they'd be stoked on. I was like, well, I could make cartoons. I can, you know, maybe do a video game. And they were like, oh, cool. Tell me more about that. And so we talked through it and I left that meeting and I was like, shit, man, I got to learn how to make cartoons in a video game. Mm-hmm. So um, I just kept kind of like messing with that a whole bunch. And then eventually... I had enough characters and I had enough ideas and I had enough background in this program to where I started to make some animated shorts and I like did them as marketing things with zoomies. And then, um, recently I just, I, I made a, a short, a short for this thing called the spliff film fest. And so, yeah. um, and I got, I got selected for that. So Congratulations. that was kind of like the, Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm not even sure I'm answering the question anymore. No, so I, I was I, actually going to break in. I was going to break in to kind of like break it up a little bit because, okay. So first of all, you had the brand for six months. What was the brand? What is the brand? Brand's called Petty Snacks. Um, it's an apparel brand, uh, accessories brand. Um, so yeah, do like just a bunch of like silly t-shirts, like characters, different things like that. Like some logo flips, like this old Jordan graphics, one of my favorite ones, you know, like. So, um, my, hold on, my hold mascot. on, hold on. I really okay. want, before we get to the mascot, because I've looked at your stuff and it looks phenomenal and I love it. It's got the Thank right you. accessible vibe as well for the audience, right? Yeah, yeah, appreciate that. But the thing that I think strikes me at first when I, when I look at the, the, the Petty Snacks story, right? And the story <laughs> of Ethan, the young man who was imprisoned in business and reached <laughs> through the bars <laughs> to the animation that saved his youth from North Idaho. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let me let me put the steaks. Let me put the steaks together for you. I'm trying to yeah, we're trying yeah. to sell pancakes. Yes. All right. <laughs> so no, but seriously, how did you come up with the name Petty Snacks, and why does it work? Yeah, uh, dude. So <laughs> at that point, I had had like I had the drawings. I knew that I wanted to do the brand, and I've been kind of thinking about what the name would be. Um, and it was kind of like a whole side thing. I do my best thinking when I'm hungover somehow. I don't know. I think it's like, Man. yeah, there you go. That that's that used to work for Salvador Dali. Yeah, well. it's the that's, desperation, that's the desperation right, factor. Right. Yeah, uh, and a little dehydration helps yes, too. Yes, go yes, ahead, yes. please. Yeah, right. Um, and so I've been thinking about like the night before when we've been drinking, we were talking about petty cash. Like I don't know that that's the thing anymore, you know. But this idea that in your office there's just a box full of money and you have yeah, to money. dude, I like, <laughs> bro, Yo, that's sorry, gonna yeah. be the next one. Bro, we're going back to that later. But go ahead. Funny idea. But so uh, my homie Dave was in town, and the night before, like the the mini bar had absolutely gotten crushed, right? Right. And we were talking, and I was like, "Man, that mini bar is kind of like petty snacks, you know? (laughs) Like taking from petty cash because you're just like, I'm gonna grab all these snacks, and I got some IOUs in there for you, right? Yeah. And so, and then, like, I didn't think about it for a minute, and then that it just kind of stuck in my head. Right. Cause like it has kind of a cool ring to it. Um, there's a lot of like different directions you can go to. And as I thought about it more and more, like to me, petty snacks are just kind of like simple pleasures. Right. Like, mm. and so that's kind of what that guiding light was. And then, I mean, then there was the business side of it where I was like, okay, if this is going to be my deal, 
the website was available. The Instagram handle was available. Like I, all the assets were available. It was so like God of digital was telling you, this yeah. is your thing to grab now. You <laughs> right, man. right, right. Grab it yep. now. Grab your petty snacks now. Exactly. And let me ask you this. So, but okay. Okay. Shh. Because we want to know what the secret sauce is. Yeah. What were you drinking that night? That led you to this genius idea. Was it schnapps? <laughs> was it rumplemints? It's almost always beer. It's almost always just like a mm-hmm. Northwest IPA, and wow. then tequila shows up later on. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow tequila shows up in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somehow tequila always shows up. Like, yeah. and then there's just like a lot of weed throughout the whole time. You of know? course, of course. Yep. And then yep. when you wake up with the hangover, right? Because most people that I know, my, including my cousin, right, King Salmon. The uh, most genius <laughs> over the hill rap artist that ever lived. By the way, he just bought a Porsche. Okay. That's oh, no lie. That's a true story. Okay. We got to get into that. But the point <laughs> of the matter is, is he has genius pot ideas and drink ideas the night before, going to revolutionize mm-hmm. everything. Next day, he forgets. He can't remember. They're gone. How did you maintain? Did you wake up out of a stupor and you're like, Betty Snacks? Kind of, yeah. I mean, like, well, so a lot of times I'll text myself. You ever text yourself? Yes, 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 yes. So, dude, sometimes when I'm faded, I'll text myself. I also shop a fair amount. And so it's really cool to surprise myself. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, who ordered this for me? That was like really cool. And so and sometimes I'll forget to check the text. But, yeah, that's like, I mean, dude, my drawing pad's like that even sometimes. I did this, uh, this Bernie Sanders, you know, Bernie Sanders when he's like wearing those mittens and he was sitting in the chair and stuff. Right. So I did a sticker of that and actually a t-shirt that we sold at Zoomies. And, uh, <laughs> I just was like real ripped. I was on like one of those journeys that <laughs> night. Like I just stay up all night and draw. Right. Right. And I had kind of forgotten that I was even fucking with it. And I I'd apparently been so stoked on the drawing that night that I sent, I sent a picture of it to my buyer and so I actually woke up the next morning with an email from my buyer that was like, yo, that's sick. Let's 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 get that going. And I was just like, good work, drunk Ethan. Right. Yeah, that's good. brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> okay, so now you you've got petty snacks. You're like, hey, that's kind of snappy. It's got a snappy <laughs> ring to it. And then you're yep. like, it's all available, right? How, and mm-hmm. then what about the characters? Now there's characters that go along with the petty snacks, right? So what are these characters? Yep. Can you describe them? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Bananthony is the main character. He's a anthropomorphic banana. Right. And, uh, yeah, he actually was named by like a fan in a contest that we did, which was kind of sick. Like we crowdsourced it. I think I, I, the post was like, yo, if you guys don't come up with a better name for this dude, his name's going to be Lance. So help, help out. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty sick. So Bananthony, well, and so like, What's cool about it is like originally when I, that first the first line that I did had a bunch of different flips, like stuff that I really liked. I did this like TNC flip that like the yin yang was b- bunches of bananas, different stuff like that. But I I made this one sticker that was just a banana with eyes and some arms throwing up a shaka. Right. Mm, right. And and that was uh, that was like one of the very first designs that got picked up. And that thing's still selling like three and a half years later, you know, at Zoomies. It's still like front page of stickers. And so um, basically, like it was it was the people telling me like that I should draw more character stuff because the logo flips did OK. But the character stuff is really what works. So, yeah. So Ben Anthony was the first character. And then 
I did a, uh, I did, I got a mushroom character. His name's Fun Gus. Right. Um, of course. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's pretty sick. He's actually British. What's really fun about him is like, so all these characters, like I just started making up backstories for him and stuff mm -hmm. and uh, different things like that. And so it just kind of spiraled from there. Why um, was, then, why, why is Fungus British? What's the story? Uh, Tell us, take us yeah. back to that time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> It's just really like I wanted to do a British accent. I thought it would be funny. And, uh, you know, like when you're when you've got like all these different characters to go through, like you just kind of get in this place where you're like pushing them into weird corners and then like figuring out what stories you want to tell about them, you know. And so I didn't I don't want any of the characters to be kind of just obvious. Right. Um, and so like um the the mushroom dude he's not like a super trippy guy really he's like kind of a buttoned up weird british guy even though he's like really a psychedelic rad dude right that's awesome um, I mean, we've so, got this... so you went in the opposite yeah. direction with his actual story yep you're yep. like what's he went the to boarding school <laughs> yeah he went to boarding school <laughs> he's he went yeah, to yeah. Eat, he went to eaton yeah. He went to Eaton yep, boarding yep. school, right? Got it. Very good. Yep. Now, yep. now, now, this is a question. So he's like a psychedelic mushroom. Now, does he? He, but he doesn't take psychedelic mushrooms himself, or does he? No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Right. I mean, like he's not opposed to it. He definitely parties, right? Um, you know, but uh, you know, like so the whole world, like the of petty snacks. So you've got like fruits and vegetables and fungus and different things like that. But you also have like robots and like, basically it's whatever, whatever kind of thing I want to draw that day. There's not like really big rules to this universe. And the other thing about it is like, we don't hang on the idea that like Bananthony, even though he looks like a banana, I mean, he might eat a banana and that's not weird, you know? Like, right. Right. It's not yeah. cannibalism. Yep. Totally. Totally. That's like there. Yeah, it's like a thing I guess we don't really talk about on the show, but like, yeah, they're, they they just look like that stuff, but yeah, they don't let it. You know what's yeah, interesting that you say that because <clears throat> I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, so we watch a lot of animation, right? And yeah. It's like Panda Bear and everything. And my wife, the logic of the, of the little cartoon worlds really gets into her brain and she drives her crazy. <laughs> and so there's this group, there's this thing called Chip and Potato, and it's these like cartoon um pugs and they're uh -huh. and they're anthropomorphized right they're like people but the yep. pugs have pets that don't talk right and my yeah. wife goes nuts every fucking time she's like how can how come the cat doesn't talk these dogs are talking they're human and then they got a leash and they've imprisoned this cat and the cat can't talk but what yep. is your advice to my wife about um this animation logic <laughs> I feel like, you know, you can't get too caught up in like cartoon physics and cartoon logic, all that stuff. I mean, because it's like a mm. tale as old as time. I mean, you got like Pluto was Goofy's dog. Right. That's kind of fucked up. Right. Because Goofy right. is a dog and then he has a dog. Right. And so and like Pluto can't talk. Goofy, you know, so. Was that, like, a, was that, was that, do you, do you think, and, and you can tell me your honest opinion, do you think that that was like some sort of unconscious substantiation of race relations at the time where the same species, but one class is allowed to talk and one's not? Dude, I feel like if you watch <laughs> those old cartoons, I don't think they were like nearly that aware. They were just too busy 
being racist. Right. <laughs> right. It was like out right, in the open. Right, it was yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> some of those old cartoons is just, I'm like, so I have two kids too. And like, I was showing some of the old shit to my oldest daughter who's eight or 10 now, actually. And she was just like, what is up with this? I mean, like even <laughs> Tom and Jerry or yeah. just like the crows on some of those. It's just like, holy shit. It's like a crazy rabbit hole to go down. Right. And in, in, in some ways, like I'm not necessarily for what they stand for, but I'm also like we need to preserve it because it's a reflection of what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this fear of talking about our history is only going to fuck us up even worse. Right. I mean, a lot of a lot of whack things have happened. And if we don't, if we just shy away from all of those things, then we're never going to move forward. I totally we're agree. We're just going to be scared to talk about it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now I want to bring the audience's attention to another character, uh, Ethan. The Birdman. <laughs> the, the middle finger dude? The middle finger dude. Please, please explain his genesis and 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 is he does he give the middle finger to people as he's walking around as his existence or is he totally not knowing of this? He doesn't even really have arms, I think. Like he he kind of <laughs> manifested like he actually the original time that I drew that was like thick in Trump era, you know? Oh, yes. Um and I was like going through my some one of my like my personal social media and it was just full of people that were tone deaf and like not getting the impact of everything and so i was just kind of irritated i drew mad that day and so i just drew a big middle finger <laughs> yeah. and made him into like a really smiley dude though you know and right. then i put a i put a maga hat on or i put a red hat on him that says okay boomer and uh, uh it nice. was just like yeah, it was it was like I, I usually try to keep it like pretty jokey. But at that, I was just fucking over it, you know, and I, I think I even said on the Instagram post, like, yo, this is inspired by all these idiots that are on my feed right now, you know. Um, but yeah, so I think that dude, he's uh, there's a lot in, in the cartoon. We have a bunch of different oracles, you know, that like push people in different directions and they go to him for advice. And I think he's one of those. The Birdman has advice. Yeah, yeah. I love he, it. I think he has like pretty sound advice. What would got, you say? Like, some... What would you say is the basis of Birdman's kind of advice? What's the underpinning? Is it? Is he one of those that is like sometimes you just gotta say fuck it or like what's his thing? Yeah, yeah. I think he's like kind of a don't don't sweat the small stuff. Like don't let him get you down. Kind of a guy, right? He's right. like throw it up in the air, dude. Like this is what I'm about. Right. Now, I notice also, right, that mm -hmm. there is a, it appears to be a vase or a bong. I'm not quite sure. Can you yeah, describe yeah. who that is and, and introduce us to that person? Yeah, yeah. So that character's name is Daisy. 
Um, and Daisy is uh, actually Benanthony's ex-girlfriend. They live together still just because like times are tough, right? Like they broke up, <laughs> but like trying to get an apartment right now is kind of fucking hard. Right. Like really. So the the kind of like the timing of the show is like everybody's in that like mid 20s zone, you know, where you're expected to be building a career and making all these profound decisions that affect your whole life. But also you're down to fucking grab a couch off of the street and put it in your house without like doing much to it. Right. So it's like, it's a really weird time in your life where those things intersect, right. Where you just still don't know shit, but you also have to make these big decisions. And so, yeah, they don't have the cash to like Mm. get different apartments. And so they're just kind of amicably living together. The flower that lives in, uh, that is actually a Daisy um, is, is her boy, her new boyfriend. Um, And so it's kind of awkward. We have like uh, (laughs) the first episode is all about the dynamic, like between those three. Um, But yeah, so she's, she's a bong. Um, and like so her parents <laughs> i like to think about like what creates these characters right and uh so there's this dude in seattle his name's dale chihuly he's like a really famous glass blower yeah um yeah yeah so uh daisy's mom is like a, a chihuly vase right and then her dad is a garden hose um because like a garden hose and a vase you would make a bong right and they met on spring mm. break they fell in love um her parents weren't cool with it anyway it's like a whole thing but uh that's that's kind of where where daisy came from and so yeah there's a lot of uh pretty funny dynamics between her and ben anthony in the show now i have a wife right who's yep. an attorney and she you know i tell her i go look i got this fucking podcast and we're on episode 389 or whatever the fuck it is a lot right we right. don't we don't even we never miss a drop yeah, and I'm like, uh, you know, we got big fucking shots on here, like Ethan from fucking Petty. Sna- it's, it's no fucking, you know, it's nothing to fucking sneeze at. Which I don't <laughs> understand that colloquial saying. Like, why is sneezing at something bad? Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. This is boring. I'm sneezing. Yeah, I mean, I don't like this. I'm gonna sneeze at you. But the thing, <laughs> but the thing that's weird about it is, I try to tell her, and she's unimpressed. Absolutely unimpressed. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. Like, I got shit to do. Is your wife yeah. impressed with your work yet? Um, I think my, my wife's crazy supportive. Uh, my wife, uh, I think she's like, what she's proud of or impressed with is like the the fact that I'm going for it. Right. right? Like going from the comfort of a, a regular job that like I've built a 20 year career, so I'm getting paid well and like I've got everything solid to chasing my dream. I think that that part's impressive. The fact that most of it's circled around like a, more or less a dick joke. Right. Uh, may, maybe is less impressive. Do you do you do you ever like you're sitting there, right, and you're spliffing out or whatever you're doing and you're yeah, like, yeah. you know what? Honestly, her the the Bong's parents has to be like glass blown and a, and a water hose and oh it's fucking genius and then you run up to your wife and you're like listen listen and she's like what what do you need to tell me Ethan listen the, the, I figured it out the Bong's parents right does she ever look at you and just go like okay I mean what sounds good bro like whatever you need <laughs> like, 
there's definitely there's definitely times like that. I mean, so what's <laughs> rad about my wife? I mean, there's so many things that are is rad about of my course, wife. But like, of course. we uh, <laughs> dude, we met in college. I mean, we just had our 20th wedding anniversary uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, thank you. Um, and so <laughs> she's known me like every part of the evolution, right? And I've always been kind of a fucking nerd like this, and so. Uh-huh nothing nothing shocks her for sure you know right. um and and so i think her favorite parts like i'll have some of the homies over and like i'll just be running ideas and we'll just like <sighs> all be smoking and having some drinks and uh she loves that like she loves being a part of that just like silly moment mm. um in terms of the actual show and the writing and those sorts of things like the i i don't even tell her that stuff before i used to like try to run scripts by her and, <laughs> like that, and she's like i really just want to see it when it's done i'm like let, okay let, I, I wanna interrupt. I i'm gonna jump that. in here for a yeah, minute go ahead please and uh, yeah, yeah. me and ethan met ethan how long ago did we meet maybe 15 yeah or so years ago. ago and yeah. i was uh I was with a couple big, I was with some big brands, some big national brands. And no matter where I went uh, with these brands, uh, I would I would come to Zoomies with my brands. And mm-hmm. there was famous, the hundreds, young and reckless. And um, Ethan and me, you know, I had Ethan's number in my phone. I've had it this whole time, you know. And I stepped away from apparel for a while. And then... Uh, I ended up getting back into apparel about you know three years ago, and uh, dealing with zoomies and and doing different things. And then uh, my sales director from Cookies forwards me over an email, Ethan, and 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 you weren't with zoomies, but you had a brand, and we were talking about doing something together at zoomies. And so yeah. the email comes through. And it's like, yeah, this is Ethan, and we're going to do something. And I think that when I first clicked on the email, I associated the conversation piece with the name. And I'm like, it's, wait a minute. This can't be Ethan that I dealt with back at Zoomies. Is he? So, yeah, yeah. And then I start to put together that you're no longer with Zoomies. But that we're gonna we're gonna do something together that we sell the zoomies. Now you have a brand and and me and you got like reunited after not talking for years on different ends. And uh, lately, as of the last uh, two years, year and a half, me and Ethan have come back together. Whenever I'm handling Zoomies business, Ethan's there. He's like he's my I don't know how you how you would call it, but like he's kind of like my whatever I'm dealing with Ethan. Whenever I'm dealing with Zoomies. Ethan's right there to support me, but Ethan's like a, he's like a, he was with Zoomies for a long time, so he's held in very high regard. Right. Everybody in the company. He so drives I a walk lot of in, water. Oh, yeah. When I walk in somewhere with Ethan, and Ethan's like, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. They place plays, they, he moved up, he's over there. So I've always got the landscape constantly being updated by Ethan. And whenever I'm in Seattle, or whether it be 100K, we've spent a few 100Ks together, and He's yeah. just always gone out of his way, above and beyond, uh, to really push our relation, our, our friendship. He always backed me up with my brands. Ethan did a lot with me with brands, made sure we were up front and center. But Ethan, you told me real quick, you told me a story. You gave me the background of what was really going on with you the last maybe like 18 years. And I'm like, okay, and... You held, you came in the ground floor kind of at Zoomies, but you kind of at one point in time had a thousand employees working under you at Zoomies. 
and yep. they had you moving all over the country. And mm-hmm. you're telling me about, yeah, we were over here, then we up and rooted over there, and I was there for three years. And he was like the company man for Zoomies. Wherever they sent him or whatever needed to be handled, he dealt. And I'm like, well, where was your wife at this time? Is she back in Seattle waiting for you? And he goes, no. We'd move all over the country together. And while you were moving over the country, she's in school, right? Yep. But yep. she's, man, it's just like, he tells me this story, and then you left, and then you went to Burton, and then you went... And it, this story was incredible, and I thought you needed to write a book. Give me the 60-second version. <laughs> yeah, condensed. Yeah, Come on. all right. So, um, dude, uh, Azumi's opened up in my little Idaho town when I was in college, and so I got hired on as a sales kid, and I realized that that was a lot more my vibe than uh, finance, which is what I was going to school for. And so um, I, I just tried to move up, and then um, – I, I we were a non-public company at the time. My background was in finance a little bit. And so I saw that there was a huge opportunity there. So I just pushed as hard as I could talking to my wife. Like basically the conversation was this, like, Hey, do you want to give up our twenties for freedom for the rest of our lives? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board for that. So we moved all over like total shitholes, total cool places. Like my first store was in Billings, Montana. That's a place my charm does not work well dude like people are <laughs> they don't dig me there right. um i'm there for a year then uh spokane boise i became a district manager uh in arizona went and turned that area around and then as that happened like we uh zoomies had uh acquired fast forward which was like a 50 store chain i helped with the transition of that and then i became like the regional and oversaw the southwest which was arizona texas new mexico kansas missouri oklahoma Um, And so that's when I had like such a huge team. So I was traveling about 180 days a year to see all those stores. Um, And at that point we got pregnant with our first kid and I had to make the, we had to make the decision of like, okay, how, how can I be a, a good and available dad, but also good and there for my team. Right. And I'm great at math, but I couldn't figure out an equation where that worked. And so we made like the really hard decision to quit. And so I quit, uh, you know, I turned in my notice. Fortunately, the next day, Jim Bob, who runs product for Zoomies, called me and was like, yo, I heard you're moving back to Seattle. I heard you quit. You don't need to quit. Why don't you come be a buyer for me? And so when we moved back to Seattle, um, I was a buyer for like four years. I started out in accessories and then uh, became, worked my way up to senior footwear buyer. I was buying Nike and Vans, all the big dudes. I was spending couple hundred million a year on shoes which as a lifelong sneakerhead, like how fucking rad was that right mm-hmm. and then and then my house burned down um and it's like a weird thing but like that absolutely just kind of like punctuates that whole whole time in my life and our, our uh house was like down this switchbacks and uh the fi- this is a way longer than a minute i'm sorry Lux. no keep um, on going go, go, go. <laughs> but uh and so like the fire truck got stuck on the switchback cook it burned for an hour before they got water on it. We lost everything, right? Damn. So I go back to work. I try to like work through it, but I just couldn't focus. Like I was just kind of broken. And so my wife, uh, so like you were saying, my wife had been going to school the whole time. So my wife's a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Um, and at that point she had um, finished school. So she's like, Hey, you worked all the time, you know, while I was doing this, let me take care of you for a little while. Why don't you be a stay at home dad? Nice. So, um, 
so I, I did the stay at home dad gig with my oldest for a little while while my wife was like getting experience. And uh, and then after a little while, Penny got older, she was in school. And so um, I let some people know that I was like down to work again. And then Burton hit me up about a job. So I did like the help build the analytics department for Burton. Um, but eventually to move up there, I would have had we would have had to move to, to Burlington, Vermont. Right. And yeah. we had already learned that we didn't want to be outside of Seattle again. You know, like we've been back in Seattle for over 10 years and it was like we just don't want to move again. So at that same time, I got recruited to run a weed company. Um, and so <laughs> I did that for a while, which which was cool. But at the same time, I mean, I'm sure you guys like know people that are doing that and such a weird deal because you've got old heads and you got tech bros. Right. Right. And, right. And it fucking it fucking sucks. Right. And I was stuck in the middle. Like, I mean, dude, I've been a, an enthusiast of weed and like selling weed off and on, like as long as I can remember. But at the same time, I have like a deep business background. So I have like the culture, but also like the experience. And so I was stuck in the middle trying to explain to these tech bros why this shit matters so much to us. But then I'm trying to explain to these old heads why we need these dudes to make us money. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it was ruining weed for me. And that's just a thing that I can't really abide. So right. I had to dip out on that. Um, and again, my wife being as rad person like that just like knows and cares for me was like you're crazy unhappy like why don't you we had another kid in that time and so she was like why don't you take some time off again be a stay-at-home dad with our new kid and then uh so when isla our youngest was taking naps and stuff i was just drawing you know because mm -hmm. it's like really an all-consuming job but it was cool to kind of just like unwind and chill and do some drawing and then suddenly I had a bunch of drawings that like made sense to start putting on things. And then it just kind of evolved from there. So, um, <clears throat> so a couple of quick things that's, there was a lot there. You've been through a lot. You achieved a lot. What is the toughest part about being a stay at home dad? Dude, I think patience and like, um, like really realigning what your goals are, you know, I mean, like, I had had such a clear path of like, this is what is it, it is to be exceptional. This is what it is to succeed. This is, I'm never settling. I'm always going for this next thing. And I think parenting is so dramatically different from that, right? It was like, huh. suddenly it wasn't about me and my career. It was about this person that I want them to have these experiences, that I want them to have these feelings. I, I want to have this relationship with them forever, right? And so I think that my goals really dramatically changed. And um, I think it shifted so much more from, I feel like in, in business and climbing the ladder and stuff, there's a lot of, um, it's like, it's not a flex. Well, it's kind of a flex, right? Like, it's like, this is my promotion. This is my title. This is my everything. Being a parent, it's, it's not about that. It's like, what do you need? And so I think becoming a lot less self-involved like, so that was a huge shift. And then my goal just became like happiness for me and my family, as opposed to like, you know, the achieving this big thing or whatever. Do you think that had some kind of impact on your ability to start drawing again and thinking about having fun and, and that leading itself into these characters that became so successful? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, this is a thing that I thought about doing for off and on for 20 years. Right. But, um, 
I don't think that I would have allowed my because like, dude, you have to fail a lot. You know, like yeah, we most of the shit that I draw time. that I'm really excited about fucking tanks. Right. Like <laughs> when I draw something and I'm like, dude, this thing's going to sell like crazy. <laughs> That's the thing that fucking sucks. Right. And then there's a thing right. where I forget that I even drew it and it sells like, you know, tens of thousands <laughs> or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think that was a huge, huge thing. And so, yeah, there's a humility, I think, that comes with just having to put it all out there you know um what about interacting with children like your own children and interacting with these new minds how do you see that playing into the animation and the characters that you drew or does it well i mean so my content's like very adult right like mm -hmm. it's um and and my kids definitely see the, the drawings and like do like say regurgitate funny stuff but I think that um, it definitely allowed like, but so I, I'll work with my girls on different, I'll draw stuff with them or, mm. and we'll rig up characters for them and tell different stories. Right. Because I mean, like all the stories that I have aren't about drugs and fucking weird shit like that. Like mm. I would love to write an illustrated children's book, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You will. What about, what about, okay. So like, um, what would be like an example of one of the little things that you've like your kids that you've rigged up with the kids? Like, do you have, you know, like, do you look at Peppa Pig and you're just like, what the fuck this, how did this blow up? <laughs> Dude, there's definitely, I mean, so I, nowadays, like when I watch a cartoon, it's, it's less for joy and it's more for analyzing like that. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and so with a like a Peppa Pig or like, a, um, yeah, so many of those ones, it's really more about the writing and the material that they're putting forward, you know. And I think that there's even you could take that to adult animation, too. Like some of them look terrible, but the writing's funny. Right. Some right. of them look beautiful, but the writing's weak. And right. so that's definitely a thing that I think about all the time. But so usually the stuff that I do with them still has like my style on it, mm -hmm. you know, like my oldest daughter, Penny, she has a character that we made for her. She's a cheeseburger. She loves <laughs> cheeseburgers. Like, and so, uh, it's like this cute little cheeseburger chick. And then, so, but Anthony actually, so I've got two characters that kind of represent me. Um, but Anthony, the banana dude. Um, and in most of the stuff, he's just kind of like happy go lucky guy. He's like friends with everybody. He's kind of the, the person that like ties all the other characters together. Right. He's the yeah. Jerry office Seinfeld or whatever. And then there's another character, Kyle Cthulhu. He's the squid monster and he's just a total dick. Right. And right. Like, <laughs> that's kind of like the dark part of my head. Um, and so like when I think negative stuff or I'm being a jerk, like usually that's where Kyle's dialogue comes from. But so Ben Anthony is a lot, um, he's a lot easier to transition into the stuff with my kids. So, um, you know, we've got, I've got some drawings that were like he, Ben Anthony and Penny's cheeseburger character, like skipping together and just like chatting and like being buds and stuff. That's so, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. But I'm telling you, brother, talk to us a little bit where about what, where you're, where you're at now with Petty Snacks and what's on the horizon, what's coming up. I mean, just fill us in because I know that we've we're getting close to wrapping up and I want to kind of talk yeah. about the brand, where it's yeah. going, where people can find it, what's coming up. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now, I mean, we have stickers and apparel at Zoomies, uh, PettySnacks.com. Uh, we've mm -hmm. got like a new lineup that like 
you know, where a lot of the flips and stuff will go that are a little bit like harder for zoomies to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's super exciting. I, I, I mean, Lux, can I talk about that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please. Okay. So, um, you know, we've been working for the last year almost on, uh, on a collab with cookies, which is like really exciting. Um, that one kind of came in a really cool way too. So, uh, I used the, the animation side of it to, to kind of like as the hook. I, uh, I put together uh, like a two minute animation with Bananthony um, just selling the idea of a collab. And so it's it was like addressed directly to to burn and the cookies fam. And uh, and it was like, hey, you probably don't know who I am because why the hell would you? Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I sent that across um, and like I knew we or Brian Wilson from back in the day also when I was at Zoomies. And mm-hmm. so I ended up uh, getting his fun. email and I uh, sent it to him. Not the Brian Wilson no. with the theremin no, 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 and the no, no, fuck no, no, the. Uh... No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, the, he, he, no, no, you're good. You're good. He uh, he runs cookies. Right. right. And and um, I sent it like probably 11 o'clock at night. And frankly, I didn't expect to get hit back almost ever, you know, I was like, if somebody sees this dope, if somebody doesn't, that's all good. Dude, at like nine o'clock the next morning, I had an email reply from him that was like, yo, this is awesome. If this was just up to me, um, we'd be doing it. There's a lot of partners. I got to like work this through. Give me like a couple of weeks and we'll we'll talk again. I was like, okay, cool. Again, if I never hear back from this dude, that's fucking closer than I ever thought I would get. Two hours later, I get an email back. Yo, I talked to everybody. We're in. Um, you're going to get a call from a 415 number. It's going to be burner. Answer it. And so I was just like, okay, sick. So I'm out on my back patio smoking a joint and my phone rings and his burner. And it was sick because he was, he was so cool about everything. I mean, he's just like a good dude anyway, but like he was just, he had watched the cartoon. He had thought about, he was like, I love where your head is at. What I'd like to do is do this collection. I want to do some animated shorts to promote it. So, um, and then, you know, uh, we talked, <laughs> it was cool because like, he's like, I want to be a character. Um, and I thought, you know, okay, he's probably going to want to be like, um, you know, a nug or, or something. You know, <laughs> a cookie. For he wants to be a cookie. He, yeah, exactly. He wanted to be a kiwi fruit, which was the tightest thing ever. Dude. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. Like, I mean, what does that suggest to you that he wanted to be a kiwi fruit? Does that say that he's fresh, that he's green? Like what? I mean, that's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. Harry. Well, the thing that stoked me out the most about it is like he had actually put thought into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and because he had he before I could fill in an answer, he had the answers for that. Mm-hmm. He's like, the reason I want to be a kiwi fruit is I'm really into like healthy juicing all this stuff and he's like, like his favorite fruit uh, exactly uh, and he's like fantastic dude and he goes I, I'll never forget he goes you know and like kiwi fruits a little bit chunky and I'm a little bit chunky and I was like oh dude plus like you always have a five o'clock shadow a kiwi is basically <laughs> a five o'clock shadow yeah yep. like, that's right so, yeah we just like really vibed and then uh so we set up a vibe check like out in Oakland a couple weeks later I flew down um we hung out in a conference room at the cookies warehouse smoke joints all day and just talked about cartoons and clothes and like dude it was like we were there for like seven hours and it was it was amazing how so, high did you get fuck dude so so <laughs> high like okay so like at that point i was smoking just flips all the time and like with the tobacco in there it's a little easier to just do that all day right right right, right. 
So we're smoking just pure, pure joints. And also the weed that burner carries around and smokes does not fuck around. Like dude, we have amazing weed in Washington and I feel like I can, I can smoke with the best of them. Right. But this, there was a couple of times where I'm like pretending to read my notes just to see if I'm still alive. You know? Like we sat down and he pulled out like, he pulls out four uh, <laughs> four sandwich bags, not even Ziplocs, dude, like the fold over type sandwich bags, mm. like just some OG shit like of his stash. <sighs> and it was like some of the loudest, raddest weed. And we just rolled up all day. So <laughs> we ended up finishing the day. And I'm like, hey, do you mind if I break off a little bit of that? And just like uh, <laughs> roll Get a little to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yep rolling for the road and he's like oh no way brother this is all for you i'm like oh hey and at that point i had already decided i was going straight to the airport to go home i'm high as hell i'm not thinking through everything super well and so i'm like oh my god that's amazing so i just throw this qp in my backpack and uh and i go to the airport I, I got a mask on. I've been around it all day, so I'm almost kind of like nose deaf to it. Right. I kind of forgot about it because I'm real high. I'm like the next person in line to go through security, and it <laughs> dawns on me that I've got like a quarter pound of like the raddest, stinkiest weed ever in my backpack. <laughs> right. and in I'm a sandwich bag. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah, sandwich yeah, bags. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, God, yeah. I don't. I mean, it was so loud, I don't even know that like a turkey bag would have helped. I right. feel like right, right, right. it was proper. But so I'm like, okay, there's a couple of things that'll happen. I'm, I'm like, I'm going for it. They'll either call the cops. Cops in Oakland airport aren't going to give a shit. They're going to take it and throw it away or keep it, whatever. Right. ESA right? might take it from me. It might hassle me. might miss my flight. Or option three, I'm going to get through and I'm going to get home to Seattle with some real deal chronic, which is what happened, dude. Like I got through, like nobody sweated me on it. Um my wife picked me up. I got in the car. She's like, whoa. <laughs> she got a contact high just by seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Was like, oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. But so um, that was kind of the start of it. And so we've been, I guess, to like get back onto your question, you know, working on this cookies collab has been awesome. You know, I mean, there's so many cool pieces because like that brand has reached into everything. And so um, you know, like designed some smell proof bags, a bunch of hats, got like a, a basketball jersey and shorts kit, got a couple of different jackets, hoodies, graphic tees, stickers, all that stuff. Like because there's so much like experience and skill that in that company, like I can just tap into all that. And it's really cool because like for Petty Snacks, if I want to make something, I have to design it. I have to source it. I have to sell it. I have to do every single step. Right. Right. The thing that was so liberating about this this collab is that like I was able to just design and just like focus on and then the marketing piece of it, right? Now that it's designed, we've got all these we've got these three different cartoons that are gonna sell it. So um yeah, now that Burner's got like, you know, a pretty clean bill of health, we're gonna get some audio recorded and get those done and then and then put that out. So yep. that's been awesome. And then um, but with that it really made me realize like the cartoon is, is what fills me, you know, the cartoon is what motivates me and pushes me. And it, it, I mentioned it earlier, right? Like 
cartoons back in the day were designed to sell a toy. They were designed to sell a thing. And I'm like, why not take that same model and apply that to apparel, apply that to streetwear, all yep. those things. Yep. So now I've got a cartoon that's going to inform design, right? It's like, right. Some, right. We, we, right. we got a thing that's funny. We got a whatever. Now that's on a shirt. Now that's here. And so I think that's really what the path has been is like the difference between my old world is, I got to do and execute all these crazy ideas that I had, but I had to sell them to somebody first. I had to convince somebody that my fucking wacky idea was going to work. Um, as an entrepreneur, I don't have to do that. And I don't have to expend that like capital to like convince somebody. I just do it. And, and so I'm chasing it and chasing right now is the cartoon and all that. So, so Take us into the future, Ethan. You you clearly are a man who knows the 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 lay of the land and can see where things are going. How how is animation going to look in 10, 20, 30 years and how is it going to be experienced by people just from where you sit, do you think? Mm-hmm. Um I think that well, so I mean the metaverse is a really interesting thing, you know. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity where you're actually a, a part of the show. Um, just because also the way that AI works, like, I think there'll be this melding of where video games are and where animation is, where you can kind of like the decisions that you make or the way that you interact informs the story. So I think that's like a really interesting piece of it. I also think that, um, like I had said, how animation has become democratized through technology, that's not going to slow down, right? right. AI is going to make it that much easier for you to create your own characters. You're not going to have to have the know-how, the team, all the stuff. In fact, frankly, you're probably not even going to have to have the the skill to m- create the characters, right? Like, if you want, you can just start to tell the story and the AI will start to do a lot of those things for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, excuse me, um... I guess that's part part of the reason for me why it's important for me to push so hard, right? I feel like there's a clock on it. Well, and a couple of things, right? Like I have some health stuff where I'm not going to be able to draw forever. And so I want to get all those ideas out and I want to get all of those things built so that it's like a platform that I can push from behind and have other people doing those things. Do you think do you think that now is kind of an open-ended time for people to create a space in the metaverse? It's like either if you don't create it now, it's going to be real a lot tougher in the future when everyone's there. Uh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, right? I mean, right now it's it's like the wild west kind of gold rush situation right like right. It's everything like your success and it's predicated on having an idea and just going for it whereas i think in the future it's going to require connections and know-how just like anything else where like right now web3 like you talk about it most people don't understand like how that is going to change a lot of things frankly i don't totally understand uh, on a technical side but i do see it I mean, it is going to happen. That's not a thing we're going to be able to change one way or another. And and uh, right now is where you start to kind of stake your claim, right? right? It's like, I have an idea and I'm going to let it build as this builds. You know, and the final thing I'm kind of curious about since we have such a, an, an active uh, mind that's thinking about these things. Um, <clears throat> and maybe there's no right answer to this, so whatever. But let's say it's true what you say, right? Let's say that there's AI and let's mm-hmm. say that you can start to tell the stories and the, the, the skills part of it's kind of going to fall away a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the sky's the limit with 
what anybody wants to do. And we're, we're strictly talking about animation, let's say. Mm-hmm. What then? When that happens, right? Like, let's say everybody can make their own animation, however they want to do it. What then will be, do you think, the sought-after move or the rare thing? Or there's something mm-hmm. that will be more than just everybody can do it, this is my version of this animation. What would, what would be the turn or what would be the artistic turn at that point? I mean, I think that like the, the, the true reality is, is that there's always going to be opportunity for people who have vision and have that creative, like something special, right? Like Matt Groening or any of those dudes, like, I think that that, and hopefully me, right? Like that kind of uh, vision and dreaming is, there's always going to be a place for that. I think that you're going to see everything kind of homogenized too, right? Because that AI is not going to have that same level of creativity that that a, a few humans have, you know? I mean, right, because again, right, like right. not every person can do it. Um, and so I, that's a thing that I take to heart a lot because a lot of times I'll get negative and I'll be like, well, where the software is at, anybody can do it. I mean, like right now, Adobe Character Animator, you can go onto their website or on you open the program. There's like 30 different puppets that you can just download and use for your thing for whatever. If you wanted to just tell a story right now with what they have, they're free to use like and then there's no copyright on them. So people can do that now. And I think it's going to only get better and better. But the people who actually build these worlds, right? I mean, like there's an AI, AI is not going to be George R. R. Martin or Stephen King or any of those things, right? Like world building is world building. And and so I think that for me, that's a thing that I take a lot of solace in is, is like, okay, at the end of the day, I have a vision. I know who my characters are. I know where I want them to go. I mean, we have we have a three season arc written. I know that like, I want my show to last for three seasons. That's the story. I want it to end at a place. We have the first 10 episodes or the 10 episode first season is written. I mean, we're, we're moving forward with all of it and it's not a story that an AI would tell, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be the difference. And so you'll see like probably, I don't know, 80, 20 rule, right? 80% of the shit you're going to see on TV is going to be stuff that is created by committee and by ai and those sorts of things and then that other 20 percent that you actually want to watch and really want to tune in is going to be from some sort of weirdo creator like well, ethan right yep. the greatest weirdo <laughs> greatest weirdo creator of all time ethan thank you for coming on the show where do people go to see your animation right now so right now, if you go to uh, spliffffilmfest.com, um, so that's playing right now um, through the 30th. If you're in Seattle on the 30th, it's going to be playing at a theater at the Egyptian. Um, but also on my uh, on my YouTube, which is just Petty Snacks, you should okay. go check out my YouTube, like and subscribe. We're going to be adding new stuff all the time. But I actually, for 420 as a, a little gift, I put up the the short that we did for this yes. film festival. Um yeah. It's 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 a quick one. It's four minutes and twenty seconds long. Um, you know, but uh, and then I'm just gonna on like definitely follow us on Instagram at Petty Snacks. We're gonna be putting out um, these things we call one hitters. They're just like minute minute and a half shorts that introduce the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're uh, the next twelve months are gonna be big. You're gonna see more and more of us. And I can co-sign that. And <laughs> I can and, co-sign that. and uh, that's a big co-sign. Thank and you, weirdo creator Ethan. What 
uh, character would Big Lux be? What do you see him as? Dude, so I mean, Lux has always got that hustle, you know, like, and so I feel like maybe a gym bag. Um, yeah, I love it, you know, dude. Like, and then one of the yeah. things uh, that's like really runs, so sneakers are super important to me, right? right. And yeah. so, I, in fact, Luck and I talked about this. Yeah. Like one of the first things I ask people when I'm interviewing them to make a character out of them is like, all right, what's your grail sneaker? What's your right. favorite sneaker? Um, his is the Presto. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Dude, he didn't even hesitate. I was like, what's your sneaker? He's like, oh, dude, it's that all white Presto, mm. which I could definitely appreciate all white kicks. But so, um, yeah, I think a gym bag like with with Prestos on. That's just, like, <laughs> You're right on kinda, the money, dude. And like, but that's also mentoring the dudes, you know, like my guys need some like he's an oracle, right? Like my guys need some direction. Like I said, they're picking up couches wherever they can find them. I dude, Ethan, I just I didn't talk much. And you know why I didn't talk much is because, no, first off, I got a great partner that asks great questions. But I really just enjoy listening to your whole take on stuff, bro. I enjoy you. <laughs> And you're such a creative force, man. And you're such a good Thank dude, bro. And I just am, I'm rooting for you. Um, I'm looking forward to us hitting it over the fence. Absolutely. Me, Burn, Brian, you, the team, Zoomies, like, you know, and above and beyond that. I'm just, I'm so excited, man. And I know you're on your way. I see it happening. Um, and anytime the Hard Luck Show can support Petty Snacks. We are here for you, brother. We believe in you. We'll hit subscribe. We're on it. And uh, yeah. it was just great having you on the show, man. And I'm, and, and we're going to have you come back on as things unfold. Love to have you yeah. back, brother. Petty Snacks, the theme back. park. Yes. That's what I'm seeing, bro. That's what Hell I'm yeah. seeing. Fuck I'm Disney. about that. Yeah. Petty <laughs> Snacks. <laughs> Hey, hey, Ethan, thank you, good. brother. Appreciate you guys. Have a great thank day. So thank you. Yeah. I'll be talking Happy to you day. on Monday, okay? Yep, I'll and, be there. And I'll, I'll let you there. know what's going on. We'll start to craft the pay posts and everything like that. Okay? That sounds perfect, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks again. Uh, sorry for all my rambling. No, and no you didn't ramble at all. Here. Great stories, brother. <laughs> Love it. Thank yeah. you, Ethan. Had a blast. Yeah. Had a blast. So check out Ethan uh, at Petty Snacks Instagram. Petty Snacks. You can get to his YouTube channel. Check him out. Uh, Split Film Festival. Listen to The Hard Luck Show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, Ovando Bowen Ovando Bowen LLP We wear braids to court Let the Tomahawks fly The best legal representation That money can buy mm -hmm. uh, Sean Sean media For all your audio needs Yes And Mike Mike Angelo Photography Check me out on IG Right Slow bait Okay, that's new. Right, Slow making them up. women squirt. Isn't that right, Mike? Easy. <laughs> that's what he said. Man, that's, that's what he said. Right, easy, easy there, <laughs> cowboy. Vibes, <laughs> vibes, rolling papers, Lucky. vibes, papers, Lucky. cookies, cookies, cannabis, Lucky. cookies, clothing. Uh, go to cookiessf.com. Big shout out to the Soul Assassins. Go watch Insane in the Brain, Cypress Hill, 30 years of Cypress Hill. Directed and produced by Esteban Oriel. Big shout out to DJ Muggs, Be Real Sen, Cypress Hill Soul Assassin family. Big shout out to my boy Burn. I love you, man. And uh, my kids. Well, we got we've got Coit. Coit. Right? We got Tigra. Tigra. Well, we got little Michael, my grandson, and yeah. we got Vincent and Sophia. Hey, 
the best and Santa, the city of Santa Monica, we're out of here. Hasta right. la vista from the Hard Luck Show. Right. Right. Westside Santa Monica. Westside Santa Monica. Westside Santa Monica. Oh, what is this, man? I'm like, shit, I might, it's like Twilight Zone. I might go in and might not come out, so you know. <laughs>